It's playoff time, and my Celtics are out. But thankfully, the one thing that I wanted happened, and that is... Money isn't real. It doesn't matter. It only seems like it does. What is up, basketball fans? Alex Himes with the Ruckus, and we're back! It's playoff time, and my Celtics are out. But thankfully, the one thing that I wanted happened, and that is the Philadelphia 76ers were eliminated, yes, by Kawhi Leonard yesterday. Shout out to the Six, shout out to Raptor Nation, shout out for Drake wearing the Sixers shorts and embracing his curse, which actually worked. You can check out the video here. It's wild, guys. These playoffs have been great. Honestly, I like as a Celtic fan, I can't even be that mad. Given all the teams that most people want to see other than Portland, I've made it far and they're going to be playing in some of the best series that we've seen. Like, look, don't get me wrong. The Portland Bla uh, the Blazers Golden State series is going to be an entertaining one, but it's going to be a quick one at that. I mean, given that CJ and KD sat down and basically said to CJ, yo, you know, you guys really aren't that big of a threat. And here they are about to play each other. This story couldn't have been written, uh, written more perfectly. But I want to go into one of the teams that got knocked out. And that is the demise of the Houston Rockets. Liftoff has failed. Houston has been sent home packing. And we have another year of James Harden failing in the playoffs. Yeah, to put it lightly. Well, I can't really put it lightly. James Harden screwed up, the Houston Rockets screwed up, and look what happened. They're now going to be sitting at home watching the Golden State Warriors most likely win their next title. Shout out to James Harden and CP3. Well, their demise comes at a many costs. Well, the reason this whole thing started, I don't like that. Houston was built for a regular season run. Right, we saw what James Harden was doing, averaging 35 plus points per game, having numerous triple doubles, back to back, he has the streak for the longest amount of 30 plus point games now in NBA history. I mean, the guy did it all. But what does that mean? Nothing, because they're at home now. It means butt kiss. This team was built for a long-term regular season success, being centered around one dude who carried the weight. Sound familiar? That's because this guy is this generation's Allen Iverson. Yeah, James Harden can't get it done alone. The man that they brought in to help him, Chris Paul, well, injuries and father time has finally caught up to the guy because his value really hasn't shown up much. What we expected last year was CP3 being healthy. We didn't get that, and that gave the Rockets the excuse to say, with a healthy Chris Paul, we could have beaten the Warriors. Well. We ran it back this year and found out that wasn't the case at all because the Warriors without their best player in Kevin Durant were still able to win against the Houston Rockets who had a full healthy squad in not only the game six, but also the last quarter of game five, a game which they should have won, blatantly should have won. There is absolutely no excuse for squandering the game five loss in Houston, all right? There is absolutely no reason at all why they squandered the game five loss. 
That game could have changed the outcome of this series. Not only that, but they were going into a game six where they knew they wouldn't have Kevin Durant. So the Warriors were going to have to go back to playing a different style of basketball with an older group of guys and the depth not as it was a couple of years ago. And yet what happened? Houston found its kryptonite. Mike D'Antoni, I give him credit in that he put together a successful team and also made James Harden look like the best player in the league. And this is no knock on him in the regular season. In the regular season, you're playing a new team each night. You don't have to scheme for them beyond that one game. So James Harden was killing it, and rightfully so. But when it comes to a playoff series, you have to be put to the test. You are put up against a team who plays you at least four times, which means you have to scheme for them. You have to figure out where to pick your spots, what players to utilize, which Houston also neglected to do. When Clint Capella wasn't being as productive, the big man that they chose to roll with was Nene. But last time I checked during the season, they managed to get the best midseason signing I've seen in years in Kenneth Fareed, who finished out his season with Houston, averaging 12 and 8. Yet, where was he in the playoffs? He had five minutes in one of those games. He was barely utilized in that series at all. And really, he was barely utilized in the entire run for Houston this postseason, which to me didn't make sense considering you went out, got a guy who can do what Clint Capella does, and if things aren't working with Capella on the floor, you can throw him in there, and he'll be the energizer bunny. He might be the guy to change the way things are working out for your team. He can do the dirty work down low, be a big body to pressure Draymond, get him into his head, all these things, yet Houston didn't do it. And to me, this signals a bigger issue for Houston. This signals the fact that James Harden probably will go down without a ring in Houston or his entire career. The man, yes, is only 30 years old, or about to turn 30, I forget which it is. But when you pair him with Chris Paul, who you're paying an exorbitant amount of money per year, I believe it's 40 million a year, and you haven't done much with him, nor were you able to do much before without him, things are looking bad for Houston. And this signals a bigger problem for them. This signals a misuse of cap space, on the part of Daryl Morey, who I give credit enough to though, because he has put together a squad that can at least go deep in the postseason, unlike the Rockets, how they were a couple of years ago. But the Rockets need a change. They can't rely on CP3 and James Harden to be the only guys. They need to add another player. Because if they don't, they will go out in style, and I say style because Golden State knocked them out without Kevin Durant, and they'll go out in style like they did this year, next year, and for the next couple of seasons. James isn't getting any younger. And for him to be averaging 35 in the regular season and then come up short in the postseason year after year after year, whatever the excuses may be, is not okay. This man deserves to be in an NBA Finals like he was when he was with the Oklahoma City Thunder. He is now a grown man. There's a reason why the guy's nickname is The Beard, has his own nickname, why people recognize James being him why they recognize him being one of the best players in the league, why he's an MVP, why he was an overrated MVP, and why he's also overrated right now. With this playoff run, it proves James is overrated. I'm sorry, NBA fans, but the Rockets need to get together, not just for James's sake, but also for their own fans' sake, who have put up with this team being reworked, whether it was with Dwight Howard, Chandler Parsons, now bringing in Chris Paul, having Mike D'Antoni take over, the godfather of the NBA's current offense style. Things have not worked. 
and it's signaling a change for Houston that is yet to come. So hopefully next season we go in with another star being added to the Rockets roster or them surrounding James and CP3 with a couple other guys who can take at least some of the weight off their shoulders. Because as we've seen this year, Eric Gordon wasn't enough. We saw Clint Capella wasn't enough. Nene wasn't enough. PJ Tucker wasn't enough. Gerald Green wasn't enough. These guys don't have enough. And without getting another player to put alongside them and without some dumb luck that KD decides to go to another conference, Houston's in for being the second best team in the West for the next couple of years and possibly being the third best if the Lakers decide to turn things around next year. And now on to today's hot take from the postseason. Man, I'm going to have to go with something that hits close to home, and that's my Boston Celtics. I've talked about it enough. I got caught on a live stream screaming and yelling, also having a drink. My mom texted me during the live stream saying she was upset as well with the game. I got my Rondo jersey up here, and I've just taken down my Kyrie Irving jersey. And I'll tell you something, Celtics fans, I'm relieved. I'm effing relieved that this is all over. The nonsense, the media circus, it's finally come to an end. How, you might ask? Well, we all can figure out that Kyrie Irving doesn't want to be in Boston anymore. The body language from the playoffs, the way he went from saying originally, I think it was last season, that he came to Boston for a reason and he wants to stay here long term. And then the middle of this season coming out saying he doesn't know anyone shit. Then you have the all-star break where the evidence with Kevin Durant just became overwhelmingly obvious. Doing the two max contract thing in the video. And we can all read lips. I mean, sure, it might seem a little bit ambiguous to try and do but when it's something as obvious as that come on man you guys have been tied to the new york knicks to leaving golden state and leaving boston for some time now there was a point where you were tied to trying to get kd to come to boston where you were trying to get ad to join you but let's be real things didn't work out in boston Kyrie, and that's okay that's genuinely okay sometimes it doesn't work out and i'm here to say i appreciate you trying to do what you did with the Celtics. You wanted to be that guy. You wanted to take over and have your own team. But sometimes that just doesn't work. And I think at this point, it's best said that the relationship between you and the Celtics is done. And that's, oh, that's okay. Sometimes the best things to happen are you cut ties with those you are with now. So cut ties with the Celtics. Walk. Because you don't like being with the Celtics. The dynamic with the team seemed completely off. Your relationship with certain players, the stuff going on with Terry Rozier, where he's talking about being the guy to sacrifice the most, which in all fairness, he was. And not to mention all the numerous things we heard about you being linked to, oh, calling LeBron, telling him you're sorry. Oh, you might want to go to New York wearing a badge on a jacket that has the New York Knicks logo while you're in a Celtics interview. There's just so much there to tell us you don't want to be in Boston. And you know something? I've got to tell it to you straight. Fucking own it. If NBA players don't like their situation or want to change scenery, fucking own it. Stand up for yourself. Say something. Sure, you might cause a rift, but man, it's better than being the guy behind the scenes who's quietly just getting annoyed with everything, getting passive aggressive with a situation like a water on a stove boiling until you boil over and you cause the biggest issue that you could have yet. So Kyrie... Leaving Boston is actually a blessing for you. It's a blessing for the Celtics too. We no longer have to get dragged through the media circus that was brought with your upcoming free agency. 
We know you want to play with Kevin Durant. We know that you don't want to be a Boston Celtic. And I'm okay with that. I actually respect it wholeheartedly. The only thing I don't respect is you coming forward and not giving us the def uh, the definitive yes or no. I would much rather you say, I'm looking forward to free agency and making my next move than hearing, uh, we'll, we'll get to that later or anything of that variety. Kyrie, you deserve the best. You are a great player, but you were not fit for the Celtics team in Brad Stevens' system. Stevens' system was meant to have guys similar to what Terry Rozier is, a more willing pass-first point guard who can play more off-ball. You're at that point where you played off-ball to LeBron, and you don't want to do that anymore. But I'm here to tell you that your best destination might actually be the biggest rivals to the Boston Celtics, and it's not the Knicks. It's the Los Angeles Lakers. Kyrie, you played your best basketball on the court with LeBron James. Hell, you guys are the only team to come back from 3-1 in an NBA Finals and actually win. How? Because both of you figured out how to go 1A, 1B. What Westbrook figured out with Paul George, which Dame and CJ have, what some of the greatest NBA players of all time figured out, who can be the best and who can be the second best, but also blend it so where it's shared. But you know there are games where one of you guys can take over and be the alpha. Kyrie, the best situation is Los Angeles. You potentially get to draw on Anthony Davis by a trade. They can sign you outright. You can get Anthony Davis. So immediately you have Kyrie, your, uh, you, LeBron, and Anthony Davis, and then the shooters that they surround you guys with. Not to mention, you get to play with guys you actually enjoyed playing with. Watching you play with the Boston Celtics, Kyrie, was actually really difficult. Not going to lie. You didn't look interested, and when games came down to it, it, it seemed to be a last five-minute situation where you played iso ball the entire time, no one else got touches, and everyone left disappointed. Well, I'm here to say, that's okay. Move on. I'm relieved. I'm relieved that we don't have to deal with this nonsense anymore. I'm relieved for you because you don't have to deal with the nonsense of the media questioning you every which way about where you're going to go, how you're going to do things and whatnot. Celtics fans, this hot take that I'm about to give you, I want you to know it's from the heart. I'm relieved, just as you should be, just as NBA fans should be, let's be real. The media circus behind Kyrie Irving has been the worst drama to come out since Tristan Thompson and the Kardashian clan invading the NBA scene. I mean, honestly, the Kardashians and the NBA go together and it's so disgusting. They're like herpes to the NBA and they ruin the careers of those in the NBA. Just a my hot take. But getting back to the main point, I'm relieved. The media circus around Kyrie Irving and the free agency stuff upcoming and whatnot, it's finally about to be over. This playoff run was murky. Let's just face it, it was murky. It was entirely surrounding Kyrie Irving, the potential free agency, the fact that he shot eight for 22, then seven for 24 one night. The scrutiny behind him screwed with the Celtics. The players seemed disinterested entirely. The only guys that seemed really interested about playing in a Boston uniform were the young guys and some of the older vets. And that includes, or that excludes Kyrie Irving. So basically everyone but Kyrie actually looked like they were interested in playing for the Celtics and also looked like they were trying to make a deep playoff run. If I didn't know any better, I'd say Kyrie is actually pretty relieved right now. 
pretty relieved that he doesn't have to keep getting questions from the media about whether or not he's going to be leaving Boston, whether or not he's going to join KD in New York or Los Angeles, or whether or not he's going to join LeBron in the Lakers. I mean, there are so many questions that got brought up by his presence in Boston alone. It's actually insane. It's insane to think that this Celtics season wasn't about winning a championship. It was all about where the hell will Kyrie Irving end up? And will the Celtics actually get it together? We picked this team to win the Eastern Conference this year for a reason. We saw what they were able to do last year in the playoffs with the young guys missing all the veterans. And look, we were going to reincorporate some of them this year, but there weren't enough balls to go around. And having Kyrie Irving, an ISO type player who demands the ball to be efficient, does not work with a Brad Stevens system. But let me get back to my main focus, which is the media. The Celtics finally are entering free agency knowing that Kyrie Irving will most likely walk away. I'm a part of the Celtics fan group that believes that, you know, the Celtics will let him walk away and they're better off for it. And I'm here to tell you and convince you NBA fans the Celtics are better off and the NBA is better off without Kyrie Irving in a Boston uniform. Kyrie Irving should go to one of two places and that's the Knicks or the Los Angeles Lakers of which both will play for great storylines to play with the Boston Celtics. And from the Celtics point of view, the best, best, best moves they could make this free agency period are starting out from inside, cutting away some of the fat and letting Kyrie Irving walk and allowing this media circus to end in Boston. Kyrie did not fit the Brad Stevens system. He was not a guy who would go out there for his teammates on this team in particular. I'm not talking about other teams. Whatever it was, the relationships he had with teammates, the animosity built between teammates, like Terry losing time and basically sacrificing most of what he had going into a year where he's looking to get paid just so Kyrie could come back. Tatum losing touches, Brown losing minutes and touches because of Gordon Hayward's return and the fact that you're shelling out $33 million for this guy, so you're going to have to play him. Whatever which way you cut it, you have to play a guy if you're paying him that much. The Celtics are now one less weight away from actually getting it right. I don't think Anthony Davis is coming to Boston. I don't want him to come to Boston. We have a lot of young talent in-house right now that we can roll with and make some moves with. And I think the first move that we need to make is re-signing Terry Rozier. Terry is a great point guard. He fits the Brad Stevens system and mold down to a T. Last time I checked, the Celtics were 10-2 when he was a starter for them this year alone. His first start for them last year, he had a 31-point game. The second start, he had a triple-double. He fits what the Celtics need him to do. He doesn't need to be a hands-on guy. He can be a distributor, and he can score when he wants. But, it, but at the heart of it, he is the prototypical point guard that Brad Stevens needs to run this offense efficiently. A guy who can dish out passes, who can space the floor, who's very quick, very long, and also is a team player. Kyrie wanted the ball for the last five minutes of every Celtic game I saw this year, which turned into iso ball. So 50% of the time, things worked out for the Celtics, and we all said, oh, is this them turning it around? Then the other 50% were basically him going cold, the Celtics losing the game, and the rest of us scratching our heads wondering what the hell just happened. I'm relieved. The circus is finally coming to an end and Kyrie Irving will be out of Boston. And I want it to be known, with all respect to Kyrie, get your money, go to a team where you actually enjoy playing for. I have not seen you look excited to play in a Celtic uniform the entire time you were there. 
It's almost like you knew that you had to come in and fill the role of Isaiah Thomas, which was a guy who was beloved by the city of Boston, who was very active in the community, a very smiley, open and humble guy. And you being this very private guy only made it more difficult for you to take over being the face of the city, being the face of the team and being the best player on it. I'm sorry, man. It was a mixture of a ton of different things, but your time in Boston just didn't work out. And I think you'd be better off on another team. The Lakers are the perfect destination for you. Just as I've said in some of the posts that I made on Instagram, you rejoining LeBron means you get to enjoy basketball again. You take a lot of the weight off of LeBron's shoulders, moving the LeBron's abilities onto you. Yeah, I said LeBron responsibilities onto you. And that means you go from being a one guy in maybe not a two guy to being a 1A, 1B guy, the way that Russ and Paul George figured it out this year. Certain games you take over, certain games he does, but it's an even keeled team. Now that you've figured out that, sure, I messed up when I was in Cleveland with LeBron. Now that you have that mentality and LeBron is older, he's going to need the help to get far in the Western Conference, even if it's to make the Western Conference Finals or even the NBA Finals. Remember, you're going through Golden State at this point. So if you go to Los Angeles, you team up with LeBron, you potentially land Anthony Davis by trading a lot of the young assets and play with that money you guys got in free agency, the Lakers being those guys, and getting a lot of young shooters and defenders to surround those guys with, Kyrie, that's the team you need to be with. I'm sorry it didn't work out for the Celtics fans. I'm sorry it turned into a season that was not focused on the Celtics winning a championship or you winning a championship. But man... I am relieved not only for you, but for myself. The time of drama in Boston is finally coming to a close. And that, that is the hottest take I could give today. Ladies and gentlemen, we are finally at the point where I can give predictions. Predictions for the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, the time of the year that is most exciting for NBA fans where there's one game a day and we can't stop talking about what's going on. The barbershops are lit. All the games are lit. Man, I'm excited. I am especially excited to see this Golden State Denver. Oh. Well, I'm excited to see the Golden State Warriors sweep. Or gentlemen sweep the Portland Trailblazers because, ladies and gentlemen, they have no chance. Let's just put it outright. I want to give you some stats real quick. In the regular season matchups between Golden State and Portland, right? Portland split the season series. They did. And I give them enough credit. And each game was decided by 10 points or more except for that overtime game where Portland won 110 to 109. But those games, every one of their games was played with Yusef Nurkic being in the lineup. Mind you, Nurkic, while we may have forgotten how valuable he is to them, Nurkic is clearly one of the most valuable parts of Portland's offense on the floor and defensively so much so against the Golden State Warriors. Nurkic led Portland in rebounds, blocks, and field goal percentage. Okay, let, let me get that right. He led them in blocks, rebounds, and field goal percentage. Now they're putting an Ennis Cantor to substitute for Nurkic, which is basically substituting half a player because Nurkic at least can play defense, unlike Ennis Cantor, who when you have him on the floor, it's like playing four on five. The Golden State Warriors might be dealing with Kevin Durant being back potentially for game one or may not be back for game one. We don't know. But on the opposite side of things, 
Portland just lost Rodney Hood, probably their third best offensive weapon. And clearly getting used to being in the Portland system, given how he played in that game six against Denver. Okay. Rodney Hood was one of the best pieces that Portland had. And that's nothing to slight against Damon CJ. But man, they're now missing Nurkic and they're missing Hood. While Golden State is missing Kevin Durant, but will most likely be back at some point during that series. I'm sorry. I love Portland. I root for them. I've been a Portland fan since the B-Roy days. My B-Roy jersey's over there. But no, I'm also a realist and understand Portland does not have a shot to win this series. They do not. They're lucky if they win two games. I think that it's a gentleman's sweep in favor of Golden State. I mean, look, Steph Curry, he proved with that game five fourth quarter and also the game six that although they don't have Kevin Durant, they are still world champions and they won without KD beforehand. They managed to go back to the system that worked without Kevin Durant, with um, with Draymond, with Clay, with Iggy, with Stevenson. They managed to make the Golden, the Golden State Warriors brought back the system that worked when KD went down. The elevation of Draymond Green, of Steph Curry, of Clay Thompson, of Sean Livingston, of Kevon Looney, Andrew Bogut. I mean, man, Quinn Cook. If these guys are playing at such an elevated level, oh, I forgot to mention one of the most important guys. Iguadala is playing like he's ready to go back to MVP, finals MVP form, people. So if the Golden State Warriors are able to do this without their supposed best player in KD, I have no, no hope at all for the Portland Trailblazers to make it out of this series alive. I root for them, but I also understand Steph Curry is a bad man. And he's come back to show the NBA, to show NBA fans that they don't need KD to win. It makes it a lot better if they have him. And Klay Thompson said it, we need him to win. But God damn it, I'm telling you, with how they played in game six, they can win a championship without KD. Especially playing against the Portland Trailblazers in the conference finals. They're going to win that series. There is no doubt about it. But this leads me to my point. Portland has been underrated. And in particular, I got to bring it up. Damian Lillard is finally on the map. And by finally, I mean it. there is no question that this man is a top three point guard in the NBA. We've disrespected him for too long. And sure, there are NBA fans that say, ah, that went away last year or this year, ah, it went away. No, because NBA fans clearly don't respect him enough to say he's a top three point guard in the NBA. And I'm here to tell you he is. He is the, who? let's see. He is the second best point guard left in the playoffs behind Steph Curry. And on top of that, the guy is one of the most clutch players in the NBA. That is not a stutter people. I said he is one of the most clutch players in the NBA and Damian Lillard does not get the respect he deserves. And finally, 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 I have to uh, give up the Eastern Conference. No Celtics. Lost a bet. Luca Rossano, I give you a lot of credit. You picked your Raptors. They're making moves. They're now facing the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. And man, this is actually the most exciting series, or the most excited I am for a series this playoff run. Watching two of the best teams in the East go at it, who were pegged to go far in the Eastern Conference, who were pegged to go far in the NBA playoffs, we got the matchup we wanted. We got Giannis versus Kawhi. Now, in terms of the starting lineups, I'm going to read to you some of the starters, all right? 
and I want to give you my take on this. So for the Raptors, so in terms of the Raptors starters versus the Bucks starters, I'm making this clear because I have a point with this. The Raptors are starting Kyle Lowry, Danny Green, Kawhi, Siakam, and Gasol. And the Bucks are starting Bledsoe, Middleton, Miritich, Tentacumpo, and Lopez. So to me, the point guard matchup of Kyle Lowry versus Eric Bledsoe, that goes to the Toronto Raptors. I mean, I'm not going to have to justify that. Uh, look at all-star numbers and how many appearances they've had. Uh, enough said. Shooting guard, it's Danny Green versus Chris Middleton because they're playing Middleton at the shooting guard. And that, of course, goes to Chris Middleton. Uh, the, the, that's also like a very simply stated and obvious win for the Bucs. Uh, in terms of small forward, you have Kawhi going against Miritich because Miritich is going to play small forward for them. And to me, the, I mean, the, come on, that's, that's Kawhi, right? Uh, power forward, you got Siakam versus uh, Giannis. And I mean, it, it's completely unfair for the Raptors. They're, they're not going to be able to cover Giannis, so it's going to be two guys. So, of course, this goes to the Bucks with Giannis. And then at center, we have Marcus All versus Brooke Lopez. And although Brooke Lopez is younger and more agile and can move a little bit better, Gasol has the playoff experience. He's already got a decent three-point shot, and he's getting better and better with this Raptors squad as the season goes on. So, to me, the Raptors actually have the advantage in terms of starting fives versus each other. The Raptors have three better players versus the Bucks, who have Middleton and Giannis, right? But then we get to the bench. And what do we notice? To me, I got to be frank. The Bucks actually have the deeper bench than the Raptors. Yeah, I know that sounds kind of crazy. But think about it for a second. The Bucks have a lot of floor spacers. And they're all long, long dudes. They can space this floor out. And they can make it a world of hurt for the Toronto Raptors. Some of their bench unit, George Hill... Miritich, when he's coming off the bench, if he is, they have Connaughton, which to me, Pat Connaughton shouldn't be playing this well, but here he is. George Hill having that throwback dunk like he was straight out of college against the Celtics, which shouldn't happen as well. I mean, like, bro, Tony Snell, if he's available for the Bucs, I mean, look, all the guys that the Bucs have make them long threatening players sure they might not have the greatest starting depth in terms of comparison wise to the raptors but i gotta say the raptors in terms of bench versus the bucks in terms of bench look i mean they got van fleet they got abaca they got pal meeks lynn mccaw like they can play all these guys but the bucks man they got Ilias Sova, George Hill, Brogdon back, Sterling Brown, Tim Frazier, and Tony Snell. Like, to me, I'm sorry. I'm rolling with the Bucks in terms of the long-term health and the long-term gain of this series because the starters can win the majority of the game, but this is going to be decided by the bench. This is going to be decided by two of the biggest matchups. It's going to be Giannis versus Kawhi Leonard, which we want to see. If Kawhi can tire Giannis out and make him take tough shots, maybe the Raptors have a shot. But if the Bucs are able to use their length against the Bucks, against the Raptors, then this is going to be a problem. I have this series going six to seven games. I know I, I can't be decisive about it, but I'm going to have to roll with, in this case, I'm going with the Bucs. I think the Bucs make it to the NBA Finals. It's no discredit to Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors and the seasons they've put together. 
But man, the Bucks are on a tear. This is Giannis's year. This is their this is their year to lose, in my opinion. They're gonna go up against the Golden State Warriors. It's crazy to say, but I'm riding the Bucks bandwagon. To Alex Strofe, the man who said that the Bucks were gonna win, I mean, I guess I owe you an apology too. And to the internet for really discrediting Giannis to discrediting the Bucks this season by having him ranked fourth or fifth in the East. I have no idea what I was thinking, people. I gotta know, did you guys actually like what they did on Game of Thrones this week? Or are you guys just kind of meh about it, like the rest of us? Because the internet seems to not be having it either. And also, guys, let me know what you think in terms of my predictions for this coming playoffs and what you think about the Celtics and the Houston Rockets bowing out the way they did. Don't forget to like and subscribe to my channel, at Alexander Himes. Don't forget to check out my Instagram, at Himesworld, H-Y-M-E-S-W-O-R-L-D. Don't forget to like and subscribe to my stuff on Twitter, at Alexander underscore Himes. And if you like what we're doing here, guys, stay tuned because we have a lot of great contests coming up and a lot of great shoutouts by our sponsors. Have a good one, guys. Money isn't real doesn't matter. It only seems like it does.